Welcome to The Rest of Us. My name is Noah Hutton, and I'm your host. Each week, I'll have a new entrepreneur on to talk about their story, their struggles, and their lessons learned. This week, I'm really excited to talk to Lexi Bates. She is the owner of Two Sisters Coffee Truck in Virginia. Uh, I actually found Lexi and her her coffee truck through TikTok, which is really cool. Um, and I thought that she would be a perfect guest for the podcast. After talking with her, it turns out that we have actually a very, very similar story about how um, we started our businesses and why we started our businesses. So I'm really excited to share that story with you. So without further ado, here is my interview with Lexi Bates. All right, Lexi Bates, welcome to the Rest of Us podcast. Hi, Noah. Thank you for having me. Great. So Lexi, I found her on TikTok. I found uh, her coffee truck that she has with her sister. Um, And before I go any further, I'll just let you introduce yourself um, and then we can get right into it. Perfect. So my name is Lexi and I own a coffee truck with my sister called Two Sisters Coffee Company and we're based out of Virginia. So we've been doing this full time since June of 2021 and it's been a really great experience overall and I'm super excited to share about it. Perfect. Yeah, she, uh, I am a coffee lover and obviously so I, that was what drew me to it. But after talking to Lexi a little bit, it sounds like we have very, very similar stories um, coming out of college. So I'm really excited to talk about that. So Let's just kind of get right into it and kind of talk about where your story starts with the business and everything. Yeah, absolutely. So I went to school um, at James Madison University in Virginia, and I studied communications, uh, PR, and nonprofit studies. And so I had applied for a million jobs leading up to graduation, which was May of 2020. And I could not, I did not get a single job. And it was super, super frustrating and disheartening because you feel like you worked so hard these four years. And granted, it was like the start of COVID. So I really did not go easy on myself, but it was just a really tough time to graduate from college, high school, any time in your life. It was hard for everybody in different ways. But, um, It was in that moment when I was unemployed, I was living with my parents, which I still do, but I was living with my parents and I was like, what am I going to do? Like I, a dream of mine, my entire life was to own a small business, but I was like, yeah, I'll do it when I'm 40 or when I'm retired or when I have money. And I was just, I remember I was literally sitting in this kitchen and I was thinking to myself, there's literally no better time than now. I have like the only person I'm responsible for at this point in my life is myself. And it's realistic to start a small business at any point in your life. But like right now for me, it made the most sense because heaven forbid it failed. Like it was all on me and like nobody else would be affected by this decision. And so I was like, I'm going to go for it. And I, a coffee shop was an absolute dream of mine. Um, I knew that's what I wanted to do, but it also just financially wasn't very realistic. And especially amidst the pandemic, I was like, I don't know how to do this. And it was just a huge um, risk to take at that time. So that's when a coffee truck came to mind. And I convinced my sister, who was still in high school, to do it with me. So she would work before school and then go to school. And then I would close up for the day. We usually close around one o'clock. So it worked out really well. Um, but yeah, so uh, that's what brought me to starting a coffee truck. So it's been a blast. I had never worked in coffee before. So everything about it was completely new. Yeah. So so you you never really worked? Did you like have any like restaurant experience or anything, or was it just kind of like completely brand new to you? Uh huh. So my entire life, I've worked random jobs, and all of them have been super fun, but all of them all have also been customer service oriented. So I felt really confident in my abilities to like work with customers and different people uh, within the business, so, like an accountant, a wholesaler. I felt totally comfortable working with those in those relationships, but, um, working in specialty coffee, I had never done before. I just knew I loved coffee and going to coffee shops. So my brother at the time was living in Portland, Oregon, and I knew like anywhere in the PNW has incredible coffee and they know what they're doing. And so I was like, I'm going to learn how to do this the right way. And so I took a like specialty coffee crash course for two days in Portland, Oregon through water Avenue coffee coffee shop. I don't remember the exact name of their like course in school, but it was the best experience ever. It was, it's almost like wine tasting. Like there's always something more you can be learning. It's so complex in different regions and I'm still learning so much more about coffee, but it was so fun to like dive right into special right into specialty coffee and learn how to make like legit coffee the right way. So, it was an absolute blast. Definitely. Yeah. I I have kind of going back to like the college thing, I kind of had that same uh, idea of like, I kind of want to do a small business. Like I had like a little like clothing brand in college, which went nowhere, but I was like, I kind of want to do this again. And my idea was like, okay, I'll get a full-time job after college, you know, get 
a full-time salary and then like kind of do it on the side and do a little bit of the here and there. And then like maybe when I'm 30, it'll work out or maybe when I'm 25, it'll work out. But yeah, it's, it really is no better time to start than like right now because you, there's so many different ways to do that. I've like had, this is my, my third interview this week. Um, and the past two, we've kind of talked about different ways of going about it. So like for me, like I'm doing video creation. So we've talked about like, you can, you know, be an assistant on a set or you can just be like, do one part of the thing of the, of the job and not necessarily do it all yourself. And like for you, like you can go the a small business route in so many different ways. You could go the, the truck route, but you can also like roast your own coffee. You could, you know, design mugs. You could do like, there's so many different ways to do a small business. Um, but why did you, why did you, obviously coffee was kind of a passion of yours, but why did you go the truck route and how did you kind of figure that out? So initially I assumed that a truck would be cheaper than a shop and it definitely is overall, but starting a food truck is not cheap. Like I had anticipated, I expected it to be like no money at all. And I was obviously very wrong, especially considering like I had never done it before. So it was pretty ignorant thought of mine, but it all worked out. Um, but honestly the truck route, because it was during the pandemic. So I was like, this is safe and I can stay open. Like nobody can shut my doors because it's just like a serving window. So I knew that I would be able to stay open no matter what, most likely. But also I just thought it was so different because I had never heard of a coffee truck. And once I Googled it, like I saw plenty and there were super cool ones all over the country, but it's not really a too much of a thing in Virginia or the East coast really as much as it is like in the West coast. So, um, yeah, I thought it'd be something different that I could bring to my area and food trucks in general have been booming since the pandemic. Like everywhere you look, there's another food truck, which is so cool. Um, but yeah, it just kind of made the most sense of the time. And I felt like coffee would be something different and I'm not a good cook or baker or anything like that. So I was like, I can do coffee. Let's, let's figure it out. And so it's worked out really well, thankfully. And, um, yeah, it's, it's been a blast. That's really cool. So how did you, how did you find the truck and like what, what condition was it in when you got it? Um, because mm-hmm. I feel like to make it a food truck, you have to like retrofit it and add all these different things and, um, mm-hmm. get like electricity and water and all these kind of things. So what did that whole process look like? Mm-hmm. So when I decided I wanted to do this, I just kind of assumed that a truck would be a better fit, but I wish I'd look more into trailers because, People always knock on trailers, but I think that they're so like they're just a really great option as well as and also more affordable, less maintenance. The only thing is like I didn't have a truck to pull it. It just didn't really make sense for me. So I went the truck route and I would Google and put on Facebook and Instagram because I had all the time in the world because I was unemployed, which was a huge advantage that my parents were letting me live here. And so I would be on Facebook Marketplace, use I think there was a website called usedvending.com, and I would just type in like antique coffee trucks or vintage coffee trucks. Cause I really wanted one that was different and smaller than like a huge UPS truck. I was mm-hmm. like, I'm not trying to drive this huge truck just for coffee. So I wanted something smaller and something just that looked different. And so, um, initially I had planned on getting like a big FedEx truck, but it was just too big and not, it just didn't feel right. And so then one day on, Mar- uh, Facebook marketplace, I found the truck that we currently have and it was in Ohio. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like love the truck. I saw so much potential in it. Like it was in good condition considering it's a 57. So I was like, this looks great. Like it's not what I wanted style wise, but I knew that could be changed. Like I love the truck itself. And so, um, we drove up to Ohio, I looked at it and I remember I was like so nervous, and, but I knew like that's the truck I wanted. And so we had to have it towed down. So like that was an additional expense. Um, but overall it's been really great to us and like the body of it was fine, but it needed like a new in- engine, a new transmission. Oh, wow. And then like, like building it out was a whole nother process. Um, me and my dad and my sister took it on ourselves. And so, we think very, very thankful for my dad and all of his help, but we worked nearly every day on it because we had never done this before. And so it was all brand new. And I always say, if we did it again, we could do it 10 times faster because we'd know the order, like how to do it. But when you do it for the first time, it's all just so brand new. Um, so yeah, the first thing was replacing the engine transmission and then, um, following the department of health, gu- uh, guidelines, that was a huge thing. So I like memorized that whole pamphlet. Um, and then like water tank and electricity. So, so like one of the biggest shocks, I think when it be- came to like electricity and plumbing and all that stuff was how much electricity coffee equipment takes. Oh, really? Um, I had no idea, but because I never worked in coffee before, but like an espresso machine a drip coffee and all those grinders going at once, like we have the biggest, 
generator known to mankind i'm pretty sure <laughs> and we cannot put a heater like anything else on it or it'll trip the breaker so oh, wow. it works out yeah it's crazy so yeah it was just a lot of learning and trial and error and following directions so yeah i always say if we did it again we could do it 10 times faster but i don't think i'll be doing it again yeah so so when you were, because you've never worked in coffee before, how did you go about, like, you got, so you have, like, the engine fixed, you have everything done, you maybe have the electric wired up in the water. How did you go about, like, finding the equipment and learning how to use that? Because, like, you can, like, I've tried to make, like, coffee out of, like, a uh, Breville, like, machine or whatever, mm-hmm. like, all these type of machines, but it never, like, turns out quite right. So how did you kind of go about that whole process of, like, trial and error and learning different things to get like the perfect cup that you would want to serve somebody for money? Yeah, that's a great question. So thankfully when I was in Portland, it was like a one-on-one class. So it was just me and an instructor and we pulled shots all day, every day for two days straight. And they like told me like adjust the grind size, adjust, adjust the grams. It's like, it's really like a science experimental experiment almost. Like you have to make sure you have the exact amount in the puck or in the um portafilter right and then mm-hmm. when you pull it you want to pull within like 30 seconds and it's just like trial and error truly but they also had like a huge at the end of the second day they did an hour of just q a and so i asked them like what equipment's best what should i avoid like every question how do i choose a wholesaler all of those questions and that was also a huge help for me and so then when i came back to virginia and was research, researching everything. There was, um, I was talking to a potential wholesaler for our beans, and they told me about this company in Pennsylvania called Brutex, and they were like a one stop shop for all of my equipment. And so I reached out to them and I told them, like, hey, this is what I want based off of the equipment that the people in Portland told me about. And they had everything that I wanted, and it was, they could buy it all for me right there and then deliver it to where I needed it. And free installation. So it was like a no-brainer. And they were really, really great to work with. And also our wholesaler, whichever wholesaler like people choose, I always tell them like there's so many good ones in the US. Like there you really very, very rarely have anything to worry about as long as they're like a legit roaster that serves great coffee. Like I've had I talked to so many and all of them were so great. So it made the decision really tough. But we ended up choosing like a really small um, roaster in Virginia that was super local and that was a wonderful decision. They've been so good to us and they would, they came to like train us one more time before we opened just to make sure we had everything right and tell us more about their beans. And overall that's been really great too. So lots of decisions, but like also it all kind of just falls into place. The more you talk to more people, if that makes yeah, sense. I think, I think like the biggest thing about entrepreneurship is like having those connections and like talking to more people, because that's like part of the reason I started this podcast is like, I just wanted to to talk to more entrepreneurs because like I had a kind of part of the reason I started, I had a, I had a conversation with one of my friends who's an interior designer mm-hmm. and like I week, I could have talked for five hours with her. Like we just went back and forth with like, like just talking about business. And so mm-hmm. I was like, that means I need to do this more often because it's just, it is the most enjoyable part of entrepreneurship is learning from other people. Um, and so it kind of sounds like you have that same mindset a little bit with like talking to the wholesalers and like learning and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, with the coffee truck, how did you, or I guess like your, did your, was your sister always on board? Um, or was that kind of something you had to sell her on? And then like, how did you go about kind of like developing the business with her and like, what was that partnership like? Mm -hmm. Um, I just kind of was, I don't, I bear, I wish I remembered this more clearly or like journaled about it. Cause it's such a faint memory for some reason, but I think I was literally just like, Lauren, would you want to do this with me? Like work with me? And she was like, sure. And then it just kind of stuck and we did it together. (laughs) But um, since she was still in school, I was kind of like the leader of it all. Like I initiated conversations and stuff. And then she was like, I don't want to say the silent partner, but like she was a help in a lot of other ways. So like behind the scenes stuff and like just really great at making sure like I was on track and doing things right. So um, she's been really great through all of this, but I wish I remembered that conversation more. It just kind of like happened like that. And we've always gotten along, but it's also, she's, she was 17 when we opened and I was 23, I think. So there's also like kind of an age difference, which makes it more fun in my opinion. Um, I think it's always fun to work with people older or younger, whatever than you. Mm -hmm. So that's been cool. And just like also a different perspective because her age group is very different than somebody in their mid twenties. So that's been um, a huge asset 
but I wish I remembered that more. I just, I just remember being like, Lauren, let's do this. And she was like, okay. And it's I kind of like, happened. yeah, yeah, exactly. It's funny. It just worked out like that. It's really cool. So the partner, the partnership between you and her, what like, kind of when we were talking, you were saying like, you're more of kind of the, the front facing and she's kind of on the back end, like learning Was she, did she have any interest in coffee before? Or was it like, you were both learning all of this at the same time and kind of figuring it out as you go? So no, she had no interest in like a small business. She had no interest in any of this. I kind of convinced her like, Hey, this will be fun. And she didn't even drink coffee before this. (laughs) So it was cool to like have her grow into like loving coffee now and, um, like watching that develop. But no, yeah, she, um, wasn't interested in any of this, but she knew when she graduated. So like lots of her high school experience was during COVID. Well, one or two years of it. So she had a very, very different experience than I did. And I think after that, like she knew college right after high school was not for her and not something that she was interested in pursuing at the time. And so I think that also kind of helped her make her decision to work with me because she knew like she wanted to go straight into the workforce and she didn't know what that would look like, but she was kind of like willing to try anything new. And so um, that worked out really well too, because she knew that school wasn't for her at that time. Yeah, definitely. I think I think that's kind of becoming more and more common. Even like when I was in college, um, I studied film in college and like I was like, do I really want to finish this? Because like some of the classes, like I also studied marketing and that was more the where the difficulty was like the math related classes and the sales classes and all this kind of stuff was like, I could just go and like take my camera and start getting like clients and stuff like that. Like, do I want to go into college? And I think that's or finish college. And I did. But it was like mm-hmm. that that mindset I think is a lot more common now because there are like more employers not requiring degrees and um, the like working in small business is so attractive. A lot of people, I think it's like romanticized a little bit like having your own small business because there's definitely a lot of uh, struggles with it and we can kind of get into that more. But um, just the idea of working for yourself, having your own schedule is so attractive to a lot of people. And I, I, I love it. But Mm -hmm. um, so, so you said you, you open like really early in the morning and you end around one. Was Mm -hmm. that, um, kind of something you just kind of worked out? Like, how did you determine, well, A, how did you determine your schedule of work? Also, how did you figure out where to actually put your truck? Cause you weren't, you're not operating out of your house or anything. Like you're out, no. you're at some place to, uh, have your truck. So how did you kind of figure out the actual like customer facing business side of it? Cause you have the truck now yeah. built out, you have your mm-hmm. sister, you have the equipment, like actually opening it to people. Like what was that like? Yeah. So, um, I, I always give this piece of advice for anybody that tells me they want to open a coffee truck. I always, I've learned since opening that it's always easier to start small and add or like have like a small menu or limited hours and add to it than it is to have like be open 12 hours a day and take away from that. It's always, always easier to add on for cu- and for customers to see you're adding on than it is for you to take something away. So I knew from the start, we wanted to start with limited hours because it was also just going to be me and my sister. And so we, um, we were open six days a week and that was way too much because on the seventh day I was getting ready for everything for the rest of the week. So it was just like no time off. And so I changed it to where we're open five days a week and, um, seven to one Tuesday through Friday, Saturdays, eight to 12. And it sounds like not many hours, but when it's just us two and there's so much to do behind the scenes, like we're working way more than full time still, it's just not possible right now. And I'm the only one that drives the truck, which is also huge because, I can't hire someone to go drive the truck because I I'm just very weird about that. And it's very, very hard to drive. So that's a whole nother thing. But um, yeah, it's just me that drives it. And it's just us that work every day, which is nice because we also know like we can rely on each other. And when we grow, I would definitely love to um, have more employees. But right now I'm like really content with it just being us too. Um, but then when it came to like finding out where to park it, I kind of made a bullet point list of what things mattered the most to me. And like the first one being visibility. So could people see us from the road? Um, and then parking, like I wanted there to be ample parking because I know that when there's not parking, like that's such a turnoff because usually when people are getting coffee, they're in a rush. And so like how many people are late to work every day? Cause they're getting coffee. So I wanted to make sure it was like super accessible. Um, and foot traffic was another one that I wanted, but I knew like I may not be able to find all three of those. And so I like literally would drive around where we live and look all the time, like where would be a good spot? Because I had no idea at the time. And so finally I reached out. So in high school, I worked at this ice cream shop that was next to this, um, like country market. And it's next, they like had this huge building next to a lake and they have kayaks and sandwiches and like all this really cool stuff. 
And I reached out to them. I was like, Hey, this is what I'm doing. Um, I blah, blah, blah. They remembered me, which was really cool. And, um, I was like, I want to see if I can park my coffee truck here. I completely understand if not like that whole thing. And they were super, super generous in letting me park there. So we parked there five days a week and they have a bathroom, which is nice. They're off of a highway. So it's like super visible. That's like thousands of cars a day. And, um, they have tons of parking. It's just like a huge gravel lot. So, and they have foot, foot traffic, if I didn't say that already. So it was, I like really, really lucked out and that they had all three, but most important to me was like visibility and good parking. Um, because once you make a name for yourself, you can create foot traffic, but it's also just convenient that we're parked here because people can also go inside and grab lunch or whatever else they need. So it's kind of like a one-stop shop for a few different things. Yeah, definitely. I know when I like travel, like I'm going like to different real estate offices because I like do real estate media. And if I'm going to anywhere, like when I looked for like lunch or like where to stop, I always look for a parking lot because I don't want to deal with street parking and like all this yep. kind of stuff. And like, especially when I'm like in Indianapolis, like downtown, oh. like I don't want to deal with any of that. So I think, I think the parking lot thing was really smart. Cause that's like a huge, like some people, if you're used to it, it's fine. But if you're not, mm-hmm. if you're in a new area or like people maybe travel to go like, see you like, it's so hard to find parking. So I think that that was a really smart decision there. Um, let's kind of transition into uh, talking about a couple of like the, the struggles kind of starting your business. So like, obviously like when you post on, on TikTok and like post on these things, you're obviously posting the best of the day. Like yeah. maybe sometimes you might post like, Oh, we had a really bad day. And this is like a kind of a learning moment, but mo- most of the time you're posting like the really good stuff. What were, what are some of the things that people maybe don't see on social media? And, um, when they do it and what, like, what were some of the struggles early on and maybe even struggles now and how are you kind of like learning and overcoming those? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I know I definitely had, I grew up in a family that everybody started a small business. Like we just all kind of have that personality. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, it is cool. So I'm grateful that they kind of like could pave the way and give me like the reality of it. So I always saw like the long hours and like some months were good, some months were not. Like it just really depended. But I think going through yourself is a very different experience than watching someone else. Um, and honestly, quite humbling because you really learn a lot. And there's some months where you're like on cloud nine, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm unstoppable. Like we're killing it, X, Y, and Z. And then the next month, like you're falling apart. You're like, why did I ever do this? Like it's really high highs and really low lows in my experience. Um, for some reason, like the past two August that we've been open and I need to get out of this mindset, but the past two August we've been open have been awful months, like not necessarily financially, but just the generator will go wrong. Then the truck has broken down just so many different things in that month that I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm fearful of this August already. But it's just, it's interesting because, um, some days just go so smooth. You're like, this is why I did this. I love this job. And then other days you're like, Oh my gosh, what have I gotten myself into? So, um, yeah, I think there's a lot of misconceptions around the financial aspect of it too. Um, people come up to me a million times a day and they're like, Oh my gosh, like, this like people are very kind and saying like it was such a great idea but like oh my gosh you have no overhead like no cost to running a food truck and i'm like that is so wrong <laughs> like yeah. just to open our doors it's already like at least a hundred dollars between payroll between gas for the generator gas for the truck like there's so many different moving parts where i wish that was the case but it's definitely not like there's always an expense to opening a business whether it's in your house or it's a truck or it's a shop whatever it is there's always expenses involved um And then I think another misconception is that people, I think, look at small businesses and think, oh, they know what they're doing. But I'm here to say like 90% of us don't like we're faking it till we make it because every day something new comes up and you learn something new too, which is also like, I think the beauty in it is that every day I feel like I'm challenging myself and learning something new and learning how to grow my business and learning what works and what doesn't work. So the past two years have been crazy in that sense. I feel like from the first week we opened to now, like we've changed so much, but that's just kind of how it goes. Like you learn what works and what doesn't and you adapt to it. So, um, yeah, there's quite a few misconceptions, I think, but, um, overall it's kind of been cool to like break those down and yeah. So it's been interesting. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I, I, one thing I didn't really realize when I kind of got out of college, cause like in college, like every, 
even like the first, you know, 18 to 22 years of your life, like everything is so structured and like mm-hmm. everybody's like, they're showing you what to do. Like in college, all the, the teachers have the assignment, the professors have the assignment, you know, graduation is even kind of structured, like all of that is structured. Mm-hmm. And then once you get out into the real world and you get like maybe a corporate job or you do your own small business, you realize really quickly that everybody is just making up as long, making up all while they go. <laughs> like you there's no like path. Like I'll yeah. look up like how do I market my company or how do I do this or how do I sell do this thing or like how do I do this like tax thing or payroll yeah. thing or all this stuff and you're like oh somebody's done this before. There's a guide out there and just follow it step by step be done. No one knows what they're doing. There's <laughs> like it's just everybody's doing it a different way. There's no set way to do things mm-hmm. like taxes or accounting's different. Like mm-hmm. even like, yeah, like I didn't realize one thing I kind of was, was weird is like, Oh, accounting is just kind of like, you have to do it a certain way, but there's so many other ways to do it. Like there's no set way. And you think like I took accounting classes in college and I was like, Oh, like when I get to do my own, I'll know what I'm doing. Cause I did this. And it really fast. I was like, Oh, like everybody can structure this so differently. Like it's just, mm-hmm. nobody really knows what they're doing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And like, like marketing and all this kind of stuff, like everybody's just doing it their own way and making it up as they go. Um, did you, I, you kind of talked about how you, you kind of felt that way too, but like, what were, what were some of the things that you had to kind of learn as the, as a business owner that, um, you didn't really, you didn't really think would be an issue and like, um, how are you kind of approaching those kind of things? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, that's so true. Like once you get into like graduate from high school or college, like it's just like a free for all. You're like, everybody's kind of winging it. So I, it's good to hear you say that too. Cause that's how I feel like everybody is kind of lost, but that's okay. Cause we all are. So, um, especially I feel like in your twenties, I mean, people probably say that their whole life, but I feel like in your twenties, it's very relatable. Um, so yeah, I appreciate that. But where were we? What was your last question? Just like approaching like these things that you, you maybe, maybe have thought are like more structured, but you were like, how I'm like, you have to find your own way to do these. Like, like accounting is like, for me, was that thing of like, like I thought it would be like a structured thing. And I even like, I have QuickBooks and all this stuff, but it's still like, you can do it a bunch of different ways and kind of make it up as you go, as long as it's all accounted for. Yeah. That was kind of my example of that. Yeah. That's a great example. Um, very also just a great example because accounting for me has been the most stressful part. And I've like had to use so many accountants. And I would say with that, like the power of asking people and asking for help, because there's always like, you cannot do it all on your own. It's absolutely impossible to be able to do the accounting, the marketing, like everything by yourself. And like, you can try, but you're not going to do all of this. Well, you'll do them all mediocre. So for me, it was giving up my, like trying to figure out the accounting. I'm like, I'm not even going to try and figure this out because one, I'll do it wrong. Like I don't know what I'm doing. And two, people spend five, six years, however many years in college to do this and do this for a living. Like I trust them to do this correctly and legally. (laughs) So um, yeah, hiring an accountant was the best decision I've ever made. And I wish I had hired one from the very start. I was a few months in when I made the decision and it's necessary. Um, I don't care what anybody says, unless you've done it before, like you kind of have to, um, to do it right. And without stress when tax season comes along. So, um, yeah, that example really resonates with me, but yeah, the power of asking people. So like, if you want merchandise done, ask somebody who does this for a living, like offer to pay them for their time to sit down and explain differences in you. And most likely people aren't going to ask for money in exchange for an hour conversation for them to potentially sell you a product. But like, just for an example, um, asking people and people are all experts in different things. So like reach out to them and don't be afraid to, because they most likely are going to be super excited to talk about it. Um, so yeah, I've learned to ask so many different people in so many different industries about like marketing or taxes or social media or whatever that may be. And that's been a really cool experience. Definitely. Yeah. I, I also was like a few months in and then I realized like my books were getting to a point where I was like, I need to hire somebody. And I'm so glad I did because he like spent just an hour like looking at it and he's like, okay, we got to restructure this whole thing. Like you have like two, you have like two different bank accounts going here and like you're doubling up in your sales. So it looks like you're making 8,000, but you only made four. Like it was just, everything was so wrong. Um, so I, I definitely relate to that. I, that's, I've heard this from everybody big and small, like hire an accountant. It's, not as expensive as you think it'll be, but it also will save you a ton of money. Like exactly. Well, like, yeah, you're going to pay, you know, I paid like 160 bucks the first time. I don't, I don't know what my tax bill will be this time, but like you're saving so much money and they know like all the ins and outs and 
it's gonna be yeah. way more expensive when if you get like audited or something and you have to like <laughs> figure that out so just hire them to eat that cost it's gonna be fine in the future because if you're if you're successful like that cost will be minimal at some point exactly um, so and yeah i i also like i relate to that in the sense that like i love when people reach out to me it doesn't happen as often as i would like but when people reach out to me and they're like i want to talk about real estate photography or i want to talk about this like i love that and i'm like yes let's go for an hour like i had so the, the episode that just came out this week is with a guy named cole uh bushy he's a real estate photographer and we got connected like in a kind of funny way and we just talked for like two and a half hours the first time we met. And it was just like, I love just like talking and I guarantee people that are experts in their field love talking too. So Mm -hmm. like if you like reach out to a merchandise person and they're like, they just want to talk or like you reach out to, you're like, Hey, I thought about kind of doing this, but I don't really know. They will go for an hour, hour and a half just on it because they love talking about it. And like, same for you. Like if you, like somebody says, I want to open a coffee truck. Like, I'm sure you would go for an hour or two hours on like all the different things that you've learned and like, cause you love doing it. Exactly. So that's a really great point or great, great tip is like, even if you're like, let's say you're thinking about starting a business, reach out to the local person in your area that is the same thing and just ask him like, Hey, I'm thinking about doing this. What should I know? And yep. that we, it'll be great. And they probably won't charge you for your time. Like maybe exactly. if it's an accountant or a lawyer, maybe, but like generally speaking, they won't because they just like love helping people. I always say like on this podcast, people want to help people. Mm-hmm. And that's really true for entrepreneurs. Like they always, cause they know exactly what the struggles were um, yep. in that, in that time. So they really want to help out. Um, and especially with local, even more local people yep. want to help local people for sure. 100%. And I would also say that like when you're reaching out to somebody, it helps so much when like I've learned, if I'm asking somebody questions, ask them specific questions. Because when I, like when people, a few people from TikTok have approached me and they're like, how do you start a coffee truck? I'm like, well, that's a loaded question. Like that's super hard to answer in like one Instagram DM. But when somebody says like, hey, what size water tank? What espresso machine? Like specific questions. I'm like, all right, here are the answers. Like not a problem. But when you say like, hey, how did you start this whole business? That's like a super hard question for people to answer. So I think having specific questions are way more approachable and easier to answer. Yes, definitely. Like if like I've gone to small business advisors and stuff and I was like, well, I'm having trouble like, you know, communicating my brand. Well, mm-hmm. that's like a really loaded question of like, okay, uh-huh. what is your brand? How are you going to communicate it? Who's your audience? All this stuff. And it's like, actually what you need is like, how I'm, I'm targeting the RV community and I need to communicate my services to the RV community. Like that is a specific question that you can talk about. So exactly. like if you're, yeah, if you're reaching out to whoever, like find three issues that you're trying to solve and then have those be the issues and then maybe like set up another meeting in the future to talk about more. But like exactly. those, those top level things you need to kind of narrow down and like they'll kind of solve themselves. I found mm-hmm. that a lot of issues kind of solve themselves. Once you start addressing like little things um, each time, like mm-hmm. you kind of get there because it's a, it's a long-term journey, like small business ownership and everything is so long-term. I've learned that the hard way so many times of like, I really thought I'd be in this place by then. Cause I, I thought I had this figured out, but I really don't. And I'm still like trying to grow my business. So um, mm-hmm. It's a very much a long-term journey. And I don't think enough people realize that when they start out. Yes. And it flies by. Yes. <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, so now let's kind of transition into your business and how you're looking at growing your business. So I know like obviously a brick and mortar is, was your dream in the beginning, but it's way too expensive, which mm-hmm. totally makes sense. Real estate is so expensive. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's all these added costs about that. So um, how, how are you looking about, uh, like growth? Are you like in a good place right now? Or are you kind mm-hmm. of like looking at different ways to kind of increase the business? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll be honest every day for me changes in terms of like what I see in the next few years for us every day. I'm like, wait, I think I want to go this route. Or I think I want to go this route, which I honestly kind of love. Like I love that I have the freedom to change my mind as many times as I want. And there's no harm in that. So, um, I've kind of gotten like taken the pressure off myself to like have a five-year plan because that for me is very, very hard. Like it's kind of one day at a time, see where this goes. Um, and I'll be honest, like I don't probably think that having a coffee truck, what I'm doing right now is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Like I think life is in my opinion, too short to do the exact same thing forever. And some people do really well at it and I applaud them for it. But I think I would love to stay within this industry. And um, I think 
as of right now, I'd really be interested in going down the education route. So potentially like helping other people start coffee trucks. So, um, I've really grown fond of that. So like I've had phone calls with people and like helping them get theirs up and off the ground. And I've been working on a guide. So that's been a lot of fun. Um, January and February are our slow months. So we're not open all the time based on the weather. Um, so I've really had a blast getting the word out there kind of about that. Um, it's still a work in progress, but it's something that I'm really interested in doing because I wish coffee trucks aren't super popular, I'd say. I mean, they're popular, but like they're not as popular as say a barbecue food truck. And so there's very, very limited resources out there to help people start their own. And so I really am excited and interested to get into that um, endeavor. So I'll still be running the coffee truck and opening and having the fun with that. But um, I wish that when I was opening, I had had a mentor that could help me walk through the steps and tell me what they did wrong and what they did differently. So um, I hope to be that guide for other people. And um, yeah, I'm excited to see what's in store for that. I still don't think I want a coffee shop. I don't know, maybe one day, but um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Who knows what's in store. But as of today, the education route is what I'm really interested in. And we'll see where that takes us. Have you have you thought about doing something similar to the co- the course you like took out in the in Oregon or is that are you thinking more like how to start your own like coffee related food truck related business is that kind of the route you're going I think the business route I I love coffee but I don't think necessarily teaching especially coffee would be my forte um I don't think I'm experienced enough for that and even like owning a food truck I'm not super experienced like I'm in year two like I'm still learning a lot but when it comes to building out a food truck I feel like I have so many different tips and when I started writing the guide like I just could not stop typing so I'm like I wish someone had told me this this and this and I wish I hadn't done this and done this and yeah so I'm super excited about that I think I'm I know I'm more passionate about like the business and marketing and social aspect of running a coffee truck than I am the specialty coffee. Like I love specialty coffee and making it and serving it and like serving a cup of coffee that I'm proud of, but it's not necessarily what I want to teach others. Definitely. Have you thought about kind of in the future, like, would that be something that you may hire out to like people that are more passionate about the coffee and then you're kind of doing more managerial tasks? Cause I've also thought about it too. Like for me, I definitely got really burnt out on the creation side of like what I was doing because Mm -hmm. I got to a point where I maybe didn't have a client to do a project. So I was like, I don't want to just do a project to do a project, which I need to be doing because I need to keep creating and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But I was like, I really enjoy like, like this type of thing and the business side of it and like doing the, like getting the client and meeting with the client as opposed to actually like going out and doing the video work. That's Mm -hmm. kind of something I've, I've been battling with like lately. So have you thought about kind of, the actual day-to-day kind of hiring it out and then like going more of like, I'm going to manage two sisters coffee, coffee co into Mm -hmm. a brand and like kind of expand it that way. Yeah. That's actually a really great question that I haven't thought too much into. I think that's actually a really great idea that I never really considered. Um, So potentially, I don't know. You just kind of struck a thought. So I don't know. I think that'd be really cool. It was kind of like um, a one-stop shop, but like I had this role, somebody else had this role and we could help you get your coffee truck up and running. So potentially, I don't know. That was a really great idea and question. So we'll see. (laughs) Maybe. Yeah. Cause I could definitely see like, like two sisters, like coffee on the shelves of the thing, but also like two sisters coffee is like a a YouTube channel or two sisters coffee is like a, a, like a course business or something like that. Like I could see that kind of growing past it because it, it does like, like you said, like you're more interested in the business side as opposed to the coffee side. And there are people that like all they would love to do is make espresso all day. Like they want to try it and they want to like try the different beans and like the notes and all this stuff. Like they love that. So maybe if you found somebody like that, they, they they can grow the actual like taste of the, of the business and then you can kind of grow the business. Exactly. And I also think that most people, in my experience that go into um, like a coffee truck usually already know quite a bit about coffee. I feel like I was kind of an exception and it was like kind of odd that I didn't when I went into this venture. So I feel like most people usually have that under their belt, but it definitely wouldn't be something I'm opposed to because I think that would also be a blast. So yeah, for sure. So that kind of brings me back to something I wanted to ask you about, like the actual coffee. So you said you like, you weren't necessarily into coffee a lot. So when you were choosing like the actual coffee to serve, how did that process look? Were you just tasting a ton of beans like all day to kind of figure out what you liked? Or were you mm-hmm. kind of like figuring out like, okay, this one's like a little more fruity. This one's more nutty. Like we're going to do both in case somebody likes different. Like how did you figure out the taste of the business, I guess? 
Yeah. Um, that part was very difficult for, for me because I'm like, okay, these all taste good. Like I can tell the difference between regions and stuff, but that definitely was like an acquired taste trying to figure all that out. And I was like literally just making cups of coffee in my parents' kitchen all day, every day, trying to taste the differences and see what was best. But I would say overall, when it came to it, like I, like I said before, every wholesaler that I talked to overall was like incredible. Like they had great beans, great selections, great um, shipping offerings, like just so many different things that I love. So it kind of came down to like, how local I wanted to go to buy our beans from and then customer service. Like that is something that is really important to me and being able to have a relationship with our wholesaler and the people that um, I ended up going with, I had no idea that they even had a wholesale program at the time Mm. until somebody DM me on Instagram. And I was like, Oh, Hey, like I love their coffee in college. Like I know that they make great, like roast great coffee and let's chat. And so I chatted and they were just so kind and it just feels also so good to work with a small business. Like there's like the intelligentsia, like the big ones and they're all like, there's nothing wrong with them, but I wanted to work with someone who like, I know that our business is impacting their business and um, it's just really, um, what's the word? Fulfilling Uh, maybe? Yes. Yeah, exactly. You took it. Yep. That's it. (laughs) Uh, It is. It's very fulfilling knowing that um, that's who we're giving our business to. So yeah, I'm so grateful that they messaged me because I had talked to probably 20 other ones and they just worked out. So yeah, I've definitely noticed when I'm kind of looking at who I'm going to use as vendors or product people or like when I'm buying things, I always like, even though like I love online shopping and like buying online, I still love that in-person experience. So like when I bought, like I bought this microphone and the mic stand and the headphones, I, uh, I was like, I could just order them online. Like I know exactly what I want, but I'd rather go into a shop and have them kind of tell me like, I'm thinking about doing this. What should I, what should you recommend? Um, and like we are, I'm lucky to like live near Sweetwater, which is like a big like music store and music company. Um, and so I just like got to go in and like buy this stuff. And like, that was really nice. So I, I find that, and I kind of, I'm that same way with all of the things that I use to like my accountant, I could have just like gone with a QuickBooks advisor or something, mm-hmm. but I wanted to go into an office and talk to an accountant and say like, this is what I want to do and like have that interaction. And same with like, um, I don't know, just meetings with different clients. Like I can, there are clients where I'll like cold call them and I'll say like, Hey, are you thinking about this? But I'd rather go into an office with like a realtor or with a video client and say like, let's talk in person and kind of talk about this. Cause I just enjoy that way more. So it sounds like you were kind of the same when you were thinking about like what vendors you use for your products. Yeah, absolutely. Like I loved having a face to our purchase and I'm sure like, like with your microphone, like you saw, like you had an interaction with someone and now you take that home and like, it just, is overall a better feeling about where you're giving your putting your money towards yeah. putting your money towards. So yeah, um, anytime you can work with a small business, I mean it's inevitable in some ways, but anytime you we can, and obviously you too, like it's always so much more fulfilling. It really is, yeah, definitely. So um, we talked about it a little, a little bit, but I, it sounded like when I was talking to you before, you were like really passionate about kind of like the misconceptions around owning a small business. So mm-hmm. I know you talked a little bit about that, but can, are there any other misconceptions that you've like noticed that kind of like maybe you're more passionate about? Like whenever I hear people say like, for me, it's real estate media. And whenever I hear like see a TikTok of like, you can make $60,000 a year, no problem, just doing real estate media. I'm like, that's not how that works. Like I'm still grinding and calling realtors and doing all this stuff. So like, are there anything that you've like seen people say and you're like, I I know that's not how that works and I hate that they're saying it that way. Yes, absolutely. So as you were saying earlier, like TikTok, Instagram, all those things are just a highlight reel. Like I post all these really cool videos and I love making them and creating them. But like, it's all the good parts of our day, good parts of our business, the fun, exciting parts, which is why I love making them is because it's like all the positive things that have came out of running a coffee truck, but it is not the everyday by any means. And I think that's a huge misconception. Like the amount of comments and people mean no harm by any means. Like I don't take offense to it, but people all the time comment like, Oh my gosh, like you're living my dream. And that's so so humbling that like, I am like living so many people's dreams and I'm so grateful for that. But like, I'm not posting the fact that I'm living at home with my parents. Not that that's a bad thing, but like most people at almost 25, their goal is to move out. And like financially right now, I'm trying to pay off the truck. And like, there's just different sacrifices you make to make your small business work. And that is one of them. So like living at home with my parents, driving an older car, just things like that, like first world problems, honestly, but like just things that people don't see that 
like I work every Saturday, March through December and like going to weddings, things like that. Like you really have to be smart about when you take your time off because Saturdays are our busiest day and I can't afford to close every Saturday. So there's just different sacrifices you take to make it work that you don't post on Instagram and TikTok. 100%. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's one of them. Like you really are pushed out of your comfort zone and I'm, yeah. 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 So I'll leave it at that. But yeah, no, I, I 100% agree. Like I, for me, it's, it's kind of difficult when I, I still have friends that are in college and then also my brother and sister are in college and my parents are both educators. So okay. like break time, like when they have like winter break or summer break or like they have a snow day today because it's snowing like crazy here. Mm-hmm. And like, it's, it's like so hard to kind of communicate. Like I still have to work. I don't get a day off. I don't get breaks. Like they're like, Oh, we're going to go up to Michigan and see your grandparents. I'm like, but I have three podcasts at it, two videos to make. And then I'm going to try to reach out to this client. Like I still have all this work to do. And I'm sure it's like the same for you. You're like, I have like, I'm planning this new, like when you're doing your merch, maybe that like, that was a ton of time. Like you're like, I can't just like go to the, to out to eat with friends or I can't travel on this trip. Like I have work. And so I think that's something that people that have a nine to five and like, even I think it's less, like with people that um, have a nine to five, cause like they, they know that like they're still working like up until Christmas, like Christmas day or they're up working right. up until Thanksgiving. But generally like people that may be used to more time off because of their position, like they don't really understand, like I'm working 12 hours a day every day and I'm mm-hmm. still trying to like find like these little breaks of like, I want to watch a movie because I enjoy movies or I want to like right. go to lunch with my friends or like, I'm, I'm planning a, a week long trip to Vegas in June. And like, that's going to, that's like something that's like, I'm really excited about, but I'm also really nervous about because yep. that is a week of me not making money. So exactly. like, I think that's something that is really people don't see because it's such a grind. And every, when you work for yourself, every single day is an opportunity to make money. And every day you don't work is a day you're not making money. Exactly. You're not like, yeah, that's yeah. That is you very, very well said, because <laughs> I think, like you get no paid time off. And I knew that going into this, but when you actually experience it, once again, it's very, very different. Like I see all my friends are like, yeah, I just took like a week off or I'm working from home this week. So like I go on midday walks and like, that's awesome. But like, I, we just like live very different lives in that sense. And so, um, yeah, like, like you said, if you're not working that day, like you're not making money and it's a lot of pressure because you, like, I still have bills to pay and I still have like the loan to pay off. And there's just like so many moving parts to it. And, um, yeah, like for instance, in the winter where this week, for example, we're open three days, which is not our normal five, but it's because it was freezing and snowing and raining and all that stuff. But people are like, Oh my gosh, a three day work week. That's amazing. And I'm like, yeah. If I had a three day work week, I would know what to do with myself. Like I've worked every single day, like doing oh, yeah. so many other things, but like, just because I'm not posting those on TikTok or Instagram doesn't mean it's not happening. So yep. there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes. Like you were saying that you just don't realize until you experience, like there's always something to be doing. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Like for me, when Christmas came around, the only day I've taken off since starting my business and like, there's probably days where I just didn't do any work. Cause I was like, not feeling it, not motivated or whatever. But like the only day I legitimately like tried to take off was Christmas day. But like by like four o'clock the next day, I was like, I need to work. I need yeah. to like edit or I need to like re- look at small businesses or I was like starting the podcast at the time. So I was like, I need to be like looking for people to, I think that's like when I found you, but I was like, I need to like look for people to like have on the podcast. Like I just couldn't stop because I was like, if I don't work, I'm not getting towards the point where I can move out and where I can like buy a new car and when I can buy a house and like, like those, all those things, like it's not just about making money. It's like about like every day that you work is like closer to that freedom of like what maybe like people with a nine to five, like, Oh yeah, I just bought my first house or I bought my, uh, my apartment or like I'm going on a vacation. Like for, for us and for entrepreneurs is like every single day you're working towards that. And that's not saying that they're not, but it's just a little bit different, like money wise, especially like the finance side of it is like you're just every little bit you're trying to make money and then hopefully grow your business to where you're making more money to where you can pay yourself a salary um and i know you mentioned payroll so like how how have you looked at like paying yourself and like covering expenses but also paying yourself because like for me i'm not paying myself yet because i just haven't made enough money but i know that's like something that maybe some people prioritize in in the start or some people may like forego to kind of make the business more money so what was how did you look at that Mm -hmm. Another great question. Um, 
So that's been tricky because I can't justify really paying myself much because I'm living, like I don't have any expenses. So in my mind, I'm like, now's my time to like grind it out. to like pay off all of these loans, the loan that I have for this truck, get it out of the way. And then I can experience the, um, like nice, like not a nice salary, but like pay paying myself. Like, I don't yeah. know what that's like still. So like personal expenses I have, I put on my personal credit card and at the end of the month, say it's like 500 or a thousand, whatever it is I take from the business account. And so it's not a tax write-off, but it's just considered a draw as an LLC. Mm -hmm. So I take yeah. that money to pay off myself, I, I, to pay off my credit card. Um, so like just personal expenses that like, I can't really avoid like gas for my car, whatever that looks like. So I don't pay myself yet. I pay my sister. So she's the one person on payroll and, okay. um, I pay her and because um, I, the loan is under my name. So she's kind of like an employee of mine, even though she does a lot of the other work as well. But um, I pay her and then I'm hoping by the end of the year, that is my goal. We'll have been two and a half years in that I will start paying myself. But yes. it's just, I'd rather kind of, this is dramatic, suffer now and then reap the benefits later now that I'm living at home. Because I know if I started paying myself now and took a few extra years to pay off the loan, I'd be kicking myself if I ever had kids or whatever other financial yeah. responsibilities. So just trying to, you know, get, get all the debt out of the way and then I'll hopefully pay myself. <laughs> yeah. I like that mindset. I still am working on that. Like I, one thing that I kind of, I'm living at home still too, but I, I don't know what it is and I'm still just trying to figure out like where my money is going, but like, I still feel like I have normal expenses, even though like I'm not necessarily buying that much food or I'm not yeah. like paying for rent. And I'm not, and I think like holiday season might've taken a little bit of that because I bought like gifts for people, but like, right. I'm still kind of trying to figure out like, I should be saving a lot more than I am. And like some of it went into, into camera gear and all this stuff. But right. I think that's such a, such a weird like thing. Money is such a weird thing with like businesses and like paying yourself. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing that like that you've obviously figured out because you're paying your sister is like, how do I even pay myself? Like, can I just do a bank right. transfer? Like do it like that's right. such a weird thing. It's like, it makes no sense. Cause like I had my yeah. money. In the beginning, I had my money tied up in like my personal bank, and then I was just doing a business bank, and I was like, "What? Do, I don't know what I'm doing here. Like, am I doing a draw? Am I paying myself? Am I paying the business? Like, it's such a weird thing to figure out, and that's why I like got with an accountant because I was like, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I don't know what I'm doing, but it feels wrong, and yeah. I might get in trouble for it. So I need to figure this out. <laughs> so, are you an LLC as well? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Yeah. That's what we are in. Like, I've had a good experience being an LLC. To be yeah. honest with you, like, I wish I'd met with an accountant at, before I established what kind of business we were going to be. Mm -hmm. So I could at least know the differences between them. But yeah. um, LLC seems to be the most common for food trucks and it's been good. Yeah. So. LLC made sense for me too. But yeah, I was like, it, I just knew that because I had started a business before and I didn't make any money with that business, but I still like got paid and all that money that I got paid from like sales went into my personal account. Mm -hmm. And then when I went to do taxes, it was like, I don't know what I made and what I owe <laughs> and like all this stuff. So like a hundred percent, like I think if there's anything you take away from this podcast, cause it's been great. It's been a great podcast, but like yes. talk with an accountant because yep. <laughs> and a lot of them have a free like consultation thing. Yeah. That's absolutely. also, that's the other thing we talked about. Like, talking to business owners, even if you're going to more of an official meeting, a lot of them have free consultation mm -hmm. meetings. And that's so nice to just like, if you're trying out different vendors, like you're not sure where you want to go or like you're, you just want to get advice and like you can get free advice just from these things. It's like really great to like, just go out all these free meetings. Cause you can ask all the questions you want in an hour um, and then make a way more educated decision. Cause even like, I trust a lot of information on the internet because I think I've grown up that way and kind of understand mm -hmm. it. But I still, there are still things when it comes to money and business, I'm like, I need to talk to a licensed person because I still, okay. I still need to like have that security of like their answer is right. what I'm going to go off of. Exactly. And also like going on the internet is a great resource for like broad information. But in general, when it comes to taxes and like money and anything financial, even when it comes down to like states and counties, it varies yes. so much. So like you might be reading someone's answer that's from Texas or California or wherever. And yep. Their laws and regulations and tax rules are very, very different than here in Virginia. So like mm -hmm. talking to someone that knows about your business, like where it's at, everything about it is so important. Oh, 100% for sure. So yeah. closing out the podcast, I know I talked to you about this a little bit. I want to do some action items for the listeners um, with your yep. business. So um, what type of action items do you have to tell our listeners today? 
Yeah, absolutely. So I had three, one of which was to hire an accountant. So <laughs> we've kind of covered that base, but then the other two were, um, two things. So one social media is your best friend. And like, people always say this, but like, you can't, in my opinion, post too much. Like it's a free resource and you can reach millions of people for $0. So take advantage of it and know that people always say like, be consistent, but it's so true. Like be consistent when in posting, because for instance, it's so relevant because last night um, I was, this is like this past year is when our TikTok has really grown and like we've gotten so much business and like met so many cool people from all over the world from it. So I think it's such a cool platform for that reason. But our TikTok has grown so much this year. And I was like, I wonder how many TikToks I posted this year. And I was talking to my brother and he's like, I don't know, like a hundred. I posted a thousand TikToks this year. Oh my gosh. Which was like, I, I really don't know how. I think it's because I enjoy it. So it doesn't feel like it was that many. My brother's like, you, that's ridiculous. But I was like, okay, whatever. Yeah. But um, for me, it was worth it because I saw like I reaped the benefits of like gaining a bigger following, having more customers, more outreach. Like there's so many things that good things that have come from that, that I like changed the direction of our business. And I'm so grateful for that. But like posting those TikToks cost me $0. So yeah. I like, can't emphasize that a much enough. Like there's Pinterest, there's so many different platforms you can use, find which one you enjoy the most so that being on that platform doesn't seem like a chore because you're going to be spending a lot of time on it. If you want to grow your audience on the internet. And so for me, that's TikTok. Like I love making them. And so yeah, just know that it's your best friend for sure. Um, and then second one I would say is, um, to treat your customers like royalty. And this doesn't mean like putting up with disrespect or anything like that, but your customers are the ones that are paying your bills. And so um, throw in a free drink or a free whatever for your customer that comes every day, like treat them like they are paying your bills because they are. Yeah. And um, they're the ones that are helping your business survive and supporting you. And without them, like you wouldn't be in business. So like, I don't think you can say thank you or show your gratitude towards them enough. So every time you, they come or every time you see them, like thank them and, remember their name and ask them how their dog Lucy's doing, you know, yeah. like all those little things that mean a lot. And I think anybody can make a great cup of coffee. Like it's possible to learn that, but not everybody can make a customer feel really great about themselves and like really feel, make them feel appreciated. So I think Absolutely. that just, it goes such a long way in showing your appreciation for them. And they could have cho chosen any other place to get coffee, but they chose yours and yeah. make it clear to them how much that means to you. Oh, a hundred percent. I, I totally agree. And like the way that I've thought about it is like we were, I was, I did a podcast on Saturday mm -hmm. that's going to come out, I think like late February, but we okay. talked about like, if it's low lift, do it. Like if it's like for you, like if it's mm -hmm. an extra shot of espresso or if it's yeah. like this little thing, like just little things that don't take any more of your time and maybe like not as much of your money, yep. just do it. Like if it's yep. cause it's going to make their day better. Like for me, like if I'm going to go out to a, a house or whatever, I'm shooting with a client and like one more reel for them or mm -hmm. one more TikTok is not that much work for me Just yep. shoot it. Like, it's exactly. not like, it's not that big a deal. And like it, it exactly. is an add on, like whether you're trying to sell yourself, like for me, it's services. So I'm trying to sell my services or you're trying to make somebody's day better. Like, it's mm -hmm. just, it's so easy. If it's low lift for you, just do it. Don't always right. worry about the money. Like, don't be like, exactly. Oh, well that would be a $20. I didn't get paid. Like whatever. Just like, exactly. If, if you, I mean, if you do that like a hundred times, maybe that's an issue, but like if yeah. you do it like every once in a while, if you see like it'll benefit, that's the other thing for me. Like I'm so obsessed with the quality of the work I put out. Mm -hmm. And so like, if I see, like if I sell like somebody a package of like 20 photos, but I see 25 will be better for the house. Like I'm going to shoot 25. Uh -huh. Like, so like, uh -huh. it's just all these little things of like, just do it to make somebody, to make it make the thing better. Don't do it because of the money. Because that exactly. will just make it so much worse, yeah. Um, especially in the long run. Yeah, exactly. I couldn't agree more. I agree. I think one of the best parts of owning a small business is that you have the freedom to do that. Like, there's no boss to yell at you. Like, there's nobody yeah. else there to stop you. So, like, if you remember, it was that customer's birthday yesterday. Give them, like, that regular customer, give yeah. them a free drink because they'll remember that forever. Like, it means a lot to people, and um, it makes you feel good too. So, yeah. it's a win-win. <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. Um, well, Lexi, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This has been yes. fantastic. Uh, my last so question good. for you is what is your favorite coffee drink and what is the favorite thing that you've served to somebody? Okay. So my favorite coffee drink is right now it's a hot Americano with splash of milk, dash of cinnamon, such a good combo. If you don't want something heavy, but want something a little bit more spice, um, mm, favorite drink we serve someone. 
I will say right now our most popular drink has been like our Valentine's drinks. It's a white chocolate raspberry and a dark chocolate blackberry mochas. Those have been huge hits and those are, I really like those if I want something sweet. So um, those have been fun to make for everybody. Those sound amazing. That sounds so good. So (laughs) thank you. So, and if people can want to come out to your coffee truck or find you online or wherever, like if they're in Virginia and they want to go see or like travel to go see your coffee truck, where can they find your, your truck and find you online? Yeah, absolutely. So we post our schedule every week or every month, depending on what season it is, um, on Sundays. And it's available on our website, which is twosisterscoffeeco.com, our Facebook, Two Sisters Coffee Co., and then our Instagram, twosisterscoffee.co. So um, yeah, be sure to check it out. We are really good and consistent in posting our hours and locations, so it will always be updated. Perfect. Well, again, thank you for coming on the podcast. Um, nice. and we will talk to you soon. Yes. Thanks for having me, Noah. Of course. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Rest of Us podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, please consider leaving a rating or review on the podcasting platform of your choice. It really helps me see that you are enjoying the episode and also helps other people see the podcast. Also, please consider giving a follow on social media. All the links will be in the show notes down below. Also, in the show notes, there is a link to the Rest of Us newsletter. This is a a platform where I'll send out different takeaways from the episode, resources that were mentioned in the episode, and also uh, notifications about new episodes. So make sure you click the link to subscribe there. So episodes are released weekly, and I will see you on the next episode of the Rest of Us podcast.